0: We're up to Daf Let's do the bottom line uh, just to review what's going on. There's, there are two uh, situations that are recorded in Shmuel and in Divrayamim. One situation describes how the plishtim took over a field of lentils in Deverei Yomim or a field of uh, barley as it's recorded in Shmuel and one of the warriors of David saved the field. That's one story. Now, that sounds like literally he just went in and got the lentils back. But there's Ooh. another parsha nearby that describes how three warriors of David Amelech, David Amelech said he wanted water. They broke through the enemy lines, got the water, brought it back to David, and David spilled it out. So, what's going on? So, the Gemara understands the tradition like this. The Kabbalah is that that thing that David Amelech wanted water was not actually water. He had a Shilah in Mayamelotira. He wanted to speak to the Sanhedrin, to the Bezdin. Those warriors were moyser nefesh. They did something which Dover Melech was not a fan of, that they were moyser nefesh to ask a halachic Shailah, which he was not a fan of. Uh, learning, learning, learning. He was not a fan. It's not pikuach nefesh. Dovran Melech was not a fan of, of, uh, of what they did, evidently. I mean, according to one opinion, we'll see. Um, they come back with the halachic ruling, a Dovran Melech spills out the halachic ruling, whatever that means. So the Gemara wants to know what was the Shailah. Because each, each opinion connects the two stories. Connecting the Shailah to barley or lentils. So one, one possibility is that it was Toman that The Shailah was, if... If someone burns down a field and has something hidden in the field, do you have to pay for it? Do we say like review the Ibekhayev or the Rabani pote? That was the shaila that was asked. And that's hence it was barley. It was hidden in the barley. Okay. The second shaila is, the second opinion holds that the case was there were plishtim hiding in the barley and in the lentils. And the question is: can we burn down the barley and the lentils? To burn down someone else's field in order to kill the plishtim. Now, the, the Rishainim already explained, Avadah it's pikuach you're allowed to. The question is, does he have to pay? To that, the halachic response was, you're not allowed to do that, meaning if you do that, you have to pay, but you're a melech, and melech is together. And the last possibility was, Davinah Melech wanted to, the case was that the, the, the barley belonged to Jews, and the lentils belonged to the plishtim, and the Melech wanted to steal from the Jews. And pay them back with the plishtim lentils. He wanted to steal the barley in order to feed the animals. And he wanted to know are you allowed to basically steal if you're going to compensate them? He's a He's oh, so to that, the halachic was generally not, but you're a melech. Fine. Those were the three possibilities. So we're up to the bottom line at the Osamachamid base. The Gemara says, I understand. If you under- I understand. If you want to say that they wanted to burn down the fields, meaning there's two out of three, two out of one, one possibility is they wanted to steal the lentil, steal the barley and replace it with the lentils. OK, the other possibility is they wanted to burn down the barley and the lentils and have pushed them in it. I understand why, according to that opinion, the Psukim, one paskin describes lentils, one pasik describes barley. Because either the maisa shahaya was barley and lentils, or they were stealing the barley and replacing with the lentils. You need barley and lentils. But it says the Gemara, the beginning of Samach Aleph But Tomun Beish Kamiflihi. But if Ustama Halachik Shaila, a theoretical Shaila, of how do we paskin by Tomun Beish, then they're asking about Tomun Beish and barley and Tomun Beish and lentils. Why does it have to be that the pasuk the pasuk describes barley and lentils, which means that they asked it was related the shaila was related to both of them. So if you understand the cases that they're stealing the barley and replacing with lentils, you got to mention both. If you understand that the ma'isa shahaya kachaya there was a ma'isa that the plishtim were hiding in barley's and plishnim hiding in lentils, fine. So that was the ma'isa shahaya kachaya. But according to the first opinion, it was purely an academic shaila, which is how do we pasca by Tamabesh? So why do you have to mention... So they ask Tom and Beish and barley and Tom and Beish and lentils. Why do you need both? If it's a Maisa, shehoyah, kachaya, fine. And if it's they're stealing the barley and replacing with the lentils, you need both. Fine, I understand that. But if you're telling me you stam, Tom and Beish. So you have to ask about barley and then you have to ask about lentils and you have to ask about wheat and then you have to... Like, what, what, what are you asking so many shailas for? Why does the Pazak have to mention both? So the Gemara says, my boyley, cry, Amr The answer is Tomun The answer is. If you believe that it was Taman Beish, there were definitely two Shailahs. Meaning, according to that opinion, they were asking about Taman Beish. And then they were asking also one of the other opinions. Either burning down the, plishti, the fields in order to kill the Plishtim, or stealing from the Jews, replacing with the Plishtim. So if you believe that the Shailah was Taman they had uh, it was Taman Beish plus. So either, now, the, now just to summarize, there's three options. Either it was to burn down the fields in order to kill the plishtim and that was the only shailah. What is going on out there? Or, or the second opinion is that it was to steal from the barley and replace it with the lentils. Or it was and Baesh plus one of the other ones. That's the three opinions. Okay. Now the Gemara says like this. I mentioned in the shailah, I mentioned in the story, they come back with the halachic ruling, with the water, and Davin spills it out. Well, what does it mean he spills it out? I'm so, it with the water, come, water. water in my military, it's a halachic ruling. Do with, with what they, is, what he, does he, that he mean? He comes back with water, and he spills it out. Okay. So it means, so now what does that mean? Now fill that out in the context of the stories. Now two of the three situations, the halachic ruling was, it's normally User, but for you it's motor. Spilling out the water means, I don't want to rely on those heterim. That's Dov. Mel spilling out the water. That they said to him, it's normally Asr, but you're a Melech. Melech gather, And he takes that and he throws it out. I don't want such a haterim. Fine. But if, so I get how two out of the three can interpret the spilling out of the water. But if you say that it's Talmud beish, so they ask the Halachic ruling, how do we possibly like Talmud beish? So they come back, let's say, the Halachic of are of Yehuda. He says, I spill it out. <laughs> what do you spill it out? Spilling out implies that David Melech is sort of like rejecting something. If the halachic, if out of two of the three, the answers are, it's normally oser, but for you it's a heter. So if my, David Melch said, I don't want such a terev, I'm not doing it, I'm not doing something that's wrong, even though I technically can that's spilling out the water. But if you say the halachic Shailu was Taman Ba'esh, and the question was, do we pass like Rabbi Yehuda the Rabbonon, and they come back with an answer, whatever the answer is, Rabbi Yehuda the Rabbonon, whatever it is, <coughs> David HaMelech rejects it, whoa, whoa, whoa. I reject it. What do you reject it? What is there to reject to? The Gemara says, <laughs> If you understand that it's the second two options. And the halachic ruling was that it's normally usher. But for you it's mutter because you're a melech. So now I could interpret the end of the story. <laughs> the end of the pasach is that David melech refused the water. What does that mean? Amar Kibin Dikisur David Mel said because it's normally sir, loy nicheli I don't want to rely on the heter of Melech pirates gather fine Amar coming by lei but if you say that the shaila was how do we pass him like Tom and Beish it's either Rabbi Yehudah or the and they come back with an answer and he says I'm not interested what if you're not interested Michti he got the answer my what does it mean that he refuses. So the Gemara says, you know what it means? Um, it means that he refused to quote them by name. Meaning, when it says that he refused to the water, he, wasn't, he, he, underst- he accepted the halachic ruling, but he was unhappy that they were moister nefesh. He did not want them to risk their lives to ask a halachic shayla about Baba Kama. And because they did that, he refused. What it means is, I'm not quoting you by name. The Gemara says, Omar Kachmi Kublaani said, This is from Anavi. Anyone who is Moysir Nevesh in an area of Halacha where he's not supposed to, that shows that the Torah, that it's not because for Hashem, and there's a little bit of, you know, there's other reasons involved. Meaning, if you were purely keeping Torah because Hashem said so, so you wouldn't be Moysir Nevesh when Hashem said not to. So, if a person is and nefesh for an area of halacha when it is inappropriate to do so, I will not quote you in halacha. So he was unhappy that the soldiers risked their lives to ask the shayla, and therefore he said, "I'm spilling out the water," meaning I'm not quoting you. I'm not quoting you. How did soldiers risk their lives? They broke through the plishti lines to get to Besdin. The Gemara says. The end of the pasuk is the refused the water, but oysom he poured it out for God. Now the Gemara says mm-hmm. I understand again. It says that he spilled out the water. What does that mean? So according to the two out of the three opinions, it means I'm not relying on heterim. So then it means he spilled it out for God, meaning he's saying I'm doing it l'shem shem, I'm not relying on heterim. But if you understand, it's the third option. That it was Taman Beish, and his response is, I'm unhappy that you're being meis and Nefesh, and therefore I'm not quoting you. What does it mean to spill it out for God? What does he spill out for God? I'm, uh, he's unhappy with those soldiers when he's spilling out for God. So the Gemara says, Damrin the Gemara. What it means is, he would quote the halacha as Kach Mekablani. This is the accepted tradition from Hashem, meaning he wouldn't quote them, he quoted Hashem, so to speak. He didn't say I, I heard it from Hashem because that, that's a nevuah. But he says kach Kuplani, We have a tradition that this is the Ratzon Hashem. Meaning, in other words, that when he said when it says that he refused the water and he poured it for God, it means he didn't quote them. He would just say this is the Ratzon Hashem. This is the Ratzon Hashem. So he sort of poured it for God. Okay. weiter new Mishnah. Oh, 100. 100. Now here's the Shaila. The Shaila is like this. I make a, fe- a fire, and the fire goes and cause damage. If I did everything right, right, and it just got out of control, that's an onus. I- I'm potter. What do you have to do to make it within control? So says the Mishnah. Over together, let's say the fire crossed the wall. gavaya arba between me and my friend, my neighbor. There is a four amma fence. It is not normal for a fire. Again, you have to realize a fire is like a barbecue. It doesn't mean we're thinking like a pyromaniac who's just making fires. It means you made a barbecue in your backyard, right? You're roasting, you're roasting meat, and then and it goes. If you have a 4 a wall, that's fine. It, it shouldn't it shouldn't travel a 4 a wall. Therefore, even if you do it near the wall, but if it goes above the wall, that, that's not normal, and therefore it's an onus and you're not responsible. Similarly, a harabim. Let's say it goes across Rosh Sarabim, As we're going to see, Rosh HaSarabim, when it comes to Rosh is 16 Amas long. Main street, right? Right. It's 32 feet, 30 feet, whatever it is, 28 feet. 16 Amas, however long that is. If it travels 30 feet across Rosh HaSarabim, that's an onus. That's not normal for fires to just travel like that. And therefore, your pater, Oinahor, or travels a river. Also, very abnormal for it to travel a river. The Gemara is going to discuss... Uh, does a river, a river could either mean one or two things. It can mean a narrow river that's full of water, or it can mean a riverbank that doesn't have any water, but it's 16 Amos wide, because again, 16 Amos is not a normal distance for a fire to travel. If it does any of these activities, potter, it's potter because you're an onus. Okay. in the Now we're saying right now that for a wall to be potter, it's Dalet Amos. So if it's a Dalet Amos wall, it's not normal to travel. i beha, ta'anyeh. Doesn't the prices say that if it goes a 4 amma wall, it's chayiv? So it's 4 amas potter, or it's 4 ama's chayiv? You know what the answer is? It depends where you're starting. Meaning, if you're listing walls that you're and you start like this, ten potter, nine potter, eight potter, seven potter, six potter, five potter, four potter. Or you could do one-amah chayiv, because it's too short, two-amah chayiv, 3 ama still chayiv, up to four. So the answer is both basically, the Gemara is going to answer that both Bryces agree. And that is, four Amas and up is potter. Four Amas and below, meaning four Amas and up is, is potter. Up to four Amas is chayiv. When the braces says four Amas, it means up to four Amas. Ad below Ad. Ad ad meaning four and up, is potter. Up to four is chayiv. It's just a matter of how you're counting it. You're counting from above or below. You're counting, are you listing the Chiv until the ptur or the until the Chiv. But basically, what it means is, up to four is Chiv, uh, four and above is Pater. Let's say like this, okay? We'll pick, I'll pick you because I don't have, we're not neighbors, so it's not like an Einhar. Um, I make a fire in my backyard, and it goes, and it goes into your backyard, but I have a four-arm wall. Four-arm wall exempts me. But what if my backyard is full of thorns? Thorns was like like, flammable material. So once it's got thorns, says the Gemara, no, even with thorns, still four-arm wall is potter. Because even if you have, so I mean, my backyard is full of leaves and thorns and twigs, and it's not much like it's got a lot of flammable material. So once the fire goes, it goes. Still, it shouldn't travel a four amma wall. Okay. But says the Gemara Amra Papa, Misvas Khoitzel Maila Arba Amas. Oh, but here's interesting. Let's say I have a four amma wall, right? But on the wall itself, it's covered with ivy. Then it doesn't count. It's got to be four amas where there is no material, flammable material on the wall of four amas. Let's say I have four amas wall, but it's covered with thorns and ivy on it. So then the fire will just quickly go over it. That doesn't count. So what was the case before? Yeah. Four amas, no, meaning the whole backyard is full of thorns. So there's a flammable material, that doesn't matter. But the point is the wall is only potter if it's dalad amas, but you have to have dalad amas of no flammable material. Meaning, let's say I have a ten amas wall, but eight amas are covered in ivy, that you don't have a four armor wall. You have two armors You understand. You need four armors of no flammable vegetation on the wall itself. Okay. Now this next line, I don't know, this next Gemara, I don't know how you would be able to prove any of this without cameras, but Amar Rav, lo el beklachas. Right? We said in the Mishnah that if there's a wall that's dalit Amis, it's potter. If there's a 16 armor wide, uh, uh and it travels through, it's potter, because it's not normal. It says Rav, the mission is only true if I made a fire, a very tall, like a, a, a fire that goes up. I, I'll tell you like this. I don't know how they could prove what happened without like Adem seeing how the fire was made. Also, I think they knew how to make fires a lot better than we do. Basically, you could, there's two different types of fires you could make. You can make a very contained, that just, it's just tall, but it doesn't move. It's not, it's, I guess it's just, um, it's like a column. Or you can make a small low creeping fire that travels. So it says Rav, Lois These in the Mishnah, that it's not normal to travel a four-ama wall, and it's not normal to travel a 16-ama gap, and all these rivers and all these things. That's only true if you made a fire that's a kailachas. You made a, a very sustained, a contained column fire. But Avul bin but if you make a small creeping fire, meaning you make a low-to-the-ground fire. That type of fire that it actually can travel, then Even if it travels a hundred amas, you're going to be high they, they probably had awesome experts like, yeah, like who knew. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or or adim, or, or I guess you have adim who saw it. Maybe it's different type of materials. I, I don't know. But that's so the gemara is saying that it, not all fires will you get the hetereb. Only if you made a tall column fire which doesn't travel, but if you make a small creeping fire, one of those low creeping fires like like a brush fire type, then you'll be high even if it travels 100 amas. Okay, Shmuel disagrees, he says no, opposite no our mission is talking about a small creeping fire and that's when 16 Amos is exempt and Dalat Amos is exempt but if you actually make a contained column fire the The wall can be 10 inches you're going to be because it doesn't move so, it's two different opinions as to what the Mishnah is referring to. We have a Bryce in the backs of Braav that our Mishnah is referring to a column fire, but if it's a creeping fire, it's Chayiv even if there's a hundred Amma gap. Because the Bryce says, The Bryce says that if you make a small creeping fire, then the wall, there the, the, the could be a hundred Amma gap, you're going to be Chayiv. Okay. The Bryse continues. Over Nahar, if the fire crosses a river, a <coughs> We'll describe what shalulis is in a little bit. <coughs> Sorry, shalulis is either um, is either uh, uh, like a, uh, a like a, a crevice where rainwater would collect, um, or it's like a, a, ch- a, a water channel, like a small water channel. Well, that's what a shalulis is. We'll get to it. Uh, if you have a shlulis that's eight amas wide, potter, it is not normal for the uh, fire to travel across that. And if it does, you are in onus and it's potter. Okay. So we said in the Mishnah that if the if the fire travels a Rosh it goes from your ha- property to uh, across a Rosh Arabim, which is how wide? 16 amas. You are potter. The Gemara says, Man Tana, who is the author of the Mishnah, that Rosh Hashanah is 16 Amas? Amir Rav, <coughs> Rav He it's Rav Lozer who said, to Tanan, Rav Lozer said, Shesh Esrei ames Keder Chosh Hashanah, Rav Re- Lozer said, that the distance of, for a fire is the same distance of Shabbos, and just like Shabbos, it's 16 Amas to make Rosh Hashanah, so to a fire is 16 Amas, to make it exempt. Okay. Ainahar or it travels a river. Again, if it travels a 16 ama, um, like road or, or river bank, it's going to be potter because that's already not normal. When it said river, there's either two options. It's either a thin river full of water or a wide river that's dry. But it's potter because it's 16 amas wide. Why can't it be a wide river with water? Because then it's unnecessary. it. If it's a wide river, if it's 16 amas wide, it's potter mitzade 16 amas, even if it's not filled with water. So when it says river, it's two options. It's either a thin river full of water, like four amas filled with water, because it's not normal for a fire to travel over water, or it's a river bank that's dry, but it's 16 amas. Those are your two choices. Meaning, even though it's dry, you're still potter, because it's not normal for a fire to travel outside of your property, 16 amas. The Gemara says... Rab Amar Mamish. says that it's an actually wide river meaning a dry river that's wide Arisa did a lawyer Shmuel says no it's a thin little irrigation ditch and the Gemara explains, if you say that it's an actual river that's very wide, that's even though there's no water, but the very fact that it's wide enough, it's 16 amas makes it that it's not normal for the fire to travel. That's a barrier, and it's an onus. But if you translate the Mishnah as referring to an irrigation ditch, which is much thinner, then, then it has to be filled with water. Okay, we said also before that if you have an 8 ama Shalulis, the, it's not normal for the fire to travel. What is a shlulis? Tanan Sam. Now, okay, so we, we had a shlulis. We, we, we didn't really define it yet, but now we're going to define it. Now, this is related to the laws of peya. Okay, the laws of peya is like this. Actually, very interesting. Look at the tables that you guys have. Now, a peya is you give the corner of your field. Now, what what's the definition of one field as opposed to two fields? Right, what if you get, you're a cheap guy, right? You happen to have ten fields, but you say, it's really one field. Right? Is that one long table or is that two tables? Let's say you had to give a corner of that table to poor people. So is that two tables or do you look at it as one long table? So at what point do you separate in fields and say, well, this is two fields and two payas, mm-hmm. or this is one field? So there has to be some thing to be mafsik to separate the fields. This is what this mission is talking about. It's talking about things that divide fields in order to be mechaev you in multiple payas. So tenan hasham elum lepeya. These are natural dividers for the laws of peya. The first one is anachal a ravine. So let's say I own field A and field B, and in between them there's a ravine. They are not one field; they are two fields, and you have to give peya from both fields. Okay. Hashalulus uh, again that shalulis thing that we said before, which is either an irrigation ditch or um, or uh, or um, uh, water uh, like a little system, like ditches that. Uh, in either a channel of water or an irrigation ditch. No, no, a channel of water is something that, that you, it's man-made that the water flows. An irrigation ditch is just like a crack in the, basically like a well, like a like a large well where it's just holes in the ground that the water just fills in. You understand what I'm saying? Irrigation channels are sort of man man-made little rivers, right. little like that, I understand. that. And the other one is a little just like a ditch large ditches where the water would just, it's sort of like wells. But they were natural. Yeah, it seems like they were more natural. But the the, ma- the main thing is, is it more uh, wider and flowing or or just ditches? That's what it seems like. So the Gemara continues, Derech a private road separates fields, and a public lo- road separates fields. So my shlulis, what is the shlulis that is related to the laws of Paya and related to the laws of fire? Rabbi Yudam it's a place where the rainwater collects. Meaning it's a cavity in the ground. You just have like a large hole where the rainwater collects. Now by the way, that's a chiddish. Because I could look, if I, again, we're saying right now, is let's say, that's field A, that's field B, and in between them there's a large cavity, a little large hole that the water collects. Yeah, but that's really, really big. I don't think it has to be that big. Eight amas. Doesn't have to be that big. Point is, you have a large cavity where the rainwater collects. You're now sa- saying that that's two separate fields. I could look at it that it's normal for fields have you know ebbs and flows. I could look at that and say that that's really like, that shouldn't make it two fields. You understand that? You're making it two fields because it has a large hole in it. I could look at it as, I don't know, that's one field that has a hole in it. That's a bit of a chiddish. And Rav Bibi, He says, no, it's a channel water. Meaning, you made a sort of a trench across your field. A trench, that's a good one. A trench where the water flows. And why is it called shalulis? Shalal is bounty. Because that way you could spread the bounty of water. Okay. If you say that the ditch is considered a hefik in the field, you'll say that a, 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 a trench of water is a hefzik. But if you say the opposite, if you say that the definition of shlulis is a water channel, like a trench, then then you won't agree with the other one. You'll look at a ditch as as just part of the field. Why? Go to the next page. They're just called holes. They're just called crevices of your land. Meaning that is not considered a whole separate field. It's normal for fields to have ups and downs, to have holes. The, the, that opinion does not look at the, a hole as considered or separated of a field. That's part of the field. It's one large field that has a hole in it. As opposed to a trench, which is mamish, cuts across the whole field. That's for sure mafsek. Okay, weiter nu mishnah. Mishnah says like this. <inaudible> okay, now here, here's the question. Let's say there's no fence. Forget about the fence. Me and Menashe are neighbors, uh, and we'll do the opposite. This time, instead of me making the fire, he's making a fire. He's making a barbecue, and I go to him and I say to him, "I'm that neighbor, and I go to him. I don't like this. It's dangerous." And you say, dude, I'm in my backyard, I'm making a fire. Like, what's the... He has to leave some distance between his property and my property to make it that it's considered safe. Right? If he's, like, against my property line, I could say, you're not giving it enough space. But if, let's say, he has a giant acre of land, and he wants to make a bonfire in the middle of the acre, can I as a neighbor have a tina? Meaning, and then, if, if a fire gets out of hand, is he responsible? So this is the rules. If you make a fire on your own property, where does the fire have to be to make it that you're considered safe? And if the fire gets out of control, it's an onus. So this is the rule. Different opinions. Rav Elizabeth says, Rav Yonah Yisakilu Ravalos Zuban says, you need on either side of the fire a half a core, meaning we have to look at it as you're in the middle of a core. Now a core, our scroll will probably give us a dimension. Uh, the center of base core is 137 amis from the edge. So 137 amis is about 200 feet. You need 200 feet on either side of the fire. It's like a fire safety. You need 200 feet on either side of the fire between you and the neighbor. If you give yourself 200 feet, that's enough space that if a fire were to break out and extend, that's an onus. So the first opinion is 137 amas. Let's go to the second opinion. Reva Lezer says, 16 amas. 16 amas because that's the distance of a Rosh So he says 16 amas. Rav Akiva Omer Rav Akiva says fifty. So we have one hundred and thirty-seven. We have sixteen, and we have fifty. And Rav Shimon Omer Shalem, shalem Hamaver Sabeira. Rav, Shal, uh, Rav Shimon says you got to pay. Mm-hmm. Now what does those words mean? So the Havamina, the Gemara will address this. But right now, what it means is what the way the Gemara understands it is that Rav Shimon is saying mm-hmm. you will pay regardless. You could have a thousand Amas, I do not care. You are paying. Now the problem is, if that's the way to read Rav Shimon, so right now we have four opinions in the Mishnah. I make a fire in my property, I listen to the fire safety guidelines, I give space, and then it goes out and makes the damage. So how much distance do I need to make myself exempt? You have Rav Nazari, 137, Rav Eliezer 16, Rav Akiva, 50, and then you have Rav Shimon. He says, you're paying. It sounds like Rav Shimon says, you're paying regardless. You can have a 1,000 amas, don't care. Here's the problem. Rav Shimon in a brisa, gives very specific rules about fires. And Rav Shimon goes into the details of what type of fires. Because Rav Shimon, the problem is, our mission kind of sounds like Rav is just saying, you're always paying, like regardless. That's not Rav Shimon Shita. Shetze. actually is very, very specific. He goes into the size of the fire, meaning, there's a difference between a large bonfire and an oven, right? You're making a stovetop, you're making eggs in your backyard, you have a little stovetop, you don't need as much space, as a large bonfire. So the problem is, our Mishnah kind of sounds like Rosh is just saying your are across the board. That is not how Rosh holds. The Gemara says, but Leslie Rosh shiur, but the Rosh just holds your in all scenarios. He doesn't give measurements. He doesn't give situations. But that's not true. the Mishnah says in Baba Basra, lo Adam tanur betoch You're not. You should not set up an oven in a house, right? An oven can make a fire. What, what, what is fire safety that, again, will make me not responsible if the fire breaks out? So, I make an oven in the house. Here's what I need. You need between the distance, the roof and the oven, you need four amas. So it's like, over here we have uh, these uh, sprinklers, right? You need, you need distance. Rav Shimon says, you need between the oven and the roof, four amas. Where's the roof? The, the ceiling. If There's I'm no making fire. a fire, huh? No, fire. no, no, this is her Shimon. we're talking about inside a house. This is her Shimon Baba Basa. He's not talking about outside, he's talking about inside. No. We're gonna, our mission is talking about outside, but now we're quoting a Mishnah Baba Basa. It's talking about inside. The point is, though, Rav Shimon, regarding a house gives measurements. So why is it outside? He just holds you always high. If, when it comes to inside, he gives sizes. So over here, inside, he says, you need between, if you're making an oven fire, you need between the oven and the ceiling for Amos. Let's keep going. Let's say you put the oven on the roof, outside. The, 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 the floor under the oven has to have plaster of at least three tvachim deep to protect it from the fire. If you make a stove on the upper story, the plaster has to be one T'fach because Kiras were not as, as, as hot. Vim Hizik, and if despite doing all this it causes damage, Mishal and Masha Hizik. the Tanakhama says you still have to pay. Meaning these are all these are all gedarim that you have to do from, from uh, fire safety, but even if you do them, you still have to pay. Rav says no. Rav says, loinem malolum shim patim shalim. says no, the whole point of these measurements is to make you exempt. So here's the kasha. Our Mishnah says, Rav says, hakol <coughs> which we're interpreting means you always have to pay, doesn't matter, but if Shimon and Bababasa gives all these gedarim, daladam, three tefach and plaster and one tefach. So which one is it? Is it just you're always chayev or are there rules? The answer is, Amar you know what Rav Shimon meant over here? He didn't mean you're always chayev. He meant it depends. If you Meaning it depends on the size of the fire. Are you making an oven? Where is the fire? Is it a kira? Is it a bonfire? So Rav Shimon didn't want to just get into, say, 16 Amas. Because you know what Rav Shimon would tell you? It depends. You make a small fire, maybe you don't need 60 namas. You make a large bonfire, maybe 60 namas is not enough. Rishimah's point was, he wasn't saying you're always chayev. He's just saying it depends on the size and the temperature and the intensity of the fire. Okay. And then look to Bababasa for the rules. Fine. Amrav am Rav Yosef. I'm Rav Yehuda or Shmuel. Halacha Kerem Shimon. V'chein Amr Nachman or Shmuel. Halacha Kerem Shimon. Okay. Last sugya. We have done it in a few minutes. This is the sugya of Tamun Be'ish, which again we had before. That it's a machloekas of Yehuda and the Rabbanon. If I make a fire. And it burns down the field, and inside the grain there are things hidden. Review Yudah holds your chayiv. The Rabbanon holds your potter. Let's do the mission. The mission says, "Amad lekasakadish." If you set a fire to a stack of, let's say, wheat, vahayu by kalim, and under the wheat there are kalim, vidalku, and the kalim also burn down. Rav Yudah says you have to pay for the kalim as well because Rav Yudah holds your chayiv for Taman beish, and the chachamim oymrin and the mishal lekadish shall and The Rabbanon say, "No, you're only chayiv for the wheat or the." barley, not for the kalim, because they hold tam and beish, is potter. Okay, next part of the Mishnah, which we've had a couple times. Let's say I burn down a fire, and there's a goat that's tied to the stack. And there's a slave near the stack of wood. And I burn down the fire, I burn down the stack of wood, I burn down the goat, and it kills the evid. You're chayiv, meaning the chidoshes of over here that although you killed the slave, shouldn't you get the death penalty? And then kim the answer is no. Because the slave could have run away and he didn't, he was not bound to the fire, he could have escaped and he didn't, I am not going to get the death penalty. Therefore, I'm chayiv for the financial payments. But the opposite, Evid kafus let's say there's a slave bound to the fire, so when I make the fire, I'm basically burning the slave and killing him, so that I'm going to get the death penalty for killing a person, for killing an Eber K'nani. I'm going to get the death penalty. And because I'm going to get the death penalty, I don't have to pay for anything that the fire did. Okay, finish up the Mishnah. Now, we had a machloikas between the Chachamim and the of Yehuda, whether you're Chayef for and Be'esh. Now, let me ask you a question What if I burn down your house? So I don't have to pay for anything. Everything's. Tamun, everything's hidden. This is not enough. Tamun beige only applies to a field. Because it's not normal to hide things in, in grain. You burn down someone's house, you got to pay for everything in, inside the house. We don't say everything in the house is tamun. Tamun only applies to things that are hidden under grain because it's not normal. Says the Mishnah, <laughs> Ma'idim chachamler of Yehuda, the Chama greeter of Yehuda, if you burn down a large tower, so you burn down the guy's... Silo, and in the silo, he's got a tractor and he's got a zachin. And this is, of course, he has to pay for everything. It's not Taman, Taman is where you hide things under grain, it's not normal. You burn down someone's house, everything in the house is not Taman because it's normal to leave stuff there. So, right now, we have a machlaik, but everyone agrees if you burn down a house, there is no beish. Okay, here's the kasha. The kasha is like this, and we'll end with this the kasha is. Does Tom and Ba'esh apply only when I make a fire in my backyard and it travels into your backyard? Meaning, here's the case. I make a fire and it burns down Adam, sorry, it burns down, obviously not real, God forbid, but it burns down your, your, your grain in your backyard, and in your grain there's a tractor. So the Rabbana says you don't have to pay because it's Taman Ba'esh, or if he says you do Here's the question, what's the case? Is it that I, I made the fire in his backyard? And even then the Rabbana hold potter? Or No. I made the fire in my backyard and then it traveled. So because it traveled, it wasn't normal for it to travel. It wasn't normal for it to travel. Therefore it's Dafka Okay, Or or the case is I make a fire in my backyard and it travels into Adam's backyard. That's when there's a machloikus. Meaning, because you didn't start the fire in, in his backyard. So okay, so we're not gonna be so tough with you. But had you started the fire in the guy's backyard, maybe you would have to pay for Tom and That's the question. Is Thaum and Baish Always potter or only potter when you started the fire in your own backyard and it traveled. But had you started in his backyard, So says the Gemara, The whole machloikas is where you made a fire in your own backyard and it traveled. And then it traveled to your neighbor's backyard and burned down something hidden. That's when there's a machloikis. But if you go into your friend's backyard and do arson and burn down his field, then you definitely have to pay. Now, the reason being is because that's more of a mazik. Or it could be that the pasik that describes taman beish, which is kama, was referring to the traveling. And the point is, according to Rav Kahana, if you actually make an arson in your friend's backyard, you have to pay for taman beish. Amrili Rav, really here's the problem with this. Our Mishnah said a machloikis by taman beish, and then it said, I'll give you a case where everyone agrees that there is are chayiv. What's the case where everyone agrees that you're chayev, You burn down a house. Why do you need that now? If you're telling me that they all agree, if it's a case of arson, if you go to your friend's backyard and burn down his field, that you have to pay for Taman Beish, the Kuli Alma, then the Mishnah should say that. Or the Mishnah is looking for a scenario where everyone agrees. It says, you burn down someone's uh, palace or build on someone's building, there's no Taman Beish. Why do you need that? Say in the Mishnah, the Mishnah should say this. That's Bekitza. The Mishnah should say this distinction. and When do they argue when you start a fire in your backyard and it traveled? But if you've made a fire in your front backyard, it's still Kuliav. Cool. So the Mishnah should say this. Says the Gemara Amelie Rava, if you're right that there's a distinction about where the fire was started, why isn't it in the Mishnah? When the Mishnah says, When the Mishnah at the end says a case where you burn down a house that it's not considered Beish, instead of that, say this. Why doesn't the Mishnah say this? If you're right that everybody agrees if you go to your friend's backyard and you do arson that you have to pay for something hidden why isn't it in the Mishnah? So you know what Rava says? I have this pshat and we'll end with this. Elama, Rava, Rava says, I actually think there's two machloikas. Machloikas number one, The first case is I burn in my backyard and it travels and then it burns in my friend's backyard and burns down something hidden. That is a straight machloikas. Rav says, Rav Rav Yudha says, Binary, yes or no. That is one machloikas. Is a second machlegas. I go into your backyard and I burn down your field. An arson in your backyard. The Rabbanon over there say, they take a middle ground. And that is, they'll say like this, I'm not going to exempt you from everything hidden. I'll say your chayiv for things that it's normal to be hidden. Meaning, if I make a fire in my backyard and it travels to your backyard and it consumes, anything hidden is potter. Whether it's normal, whether it's not normal, everything hidden is potter. But if I make a fire in your backyard... The rabbanan will say, "You're potter on things that it's not normal to be hidden, but things that's normal to be hidden, you'll be chayv." Why you potter on things are not normal? Because the chazal didn't want to interpret the pasuk to mechayev in that much, because it's not normal for it to be there. So the gemara says, but second So if I go to my friend's backyard and I do arson and it consumes things that are hidden, rabbi you the whole yichayev for everything hidden." And rabban and sabben, the rabban say no. should shadarkin lahat megedish. If it's normal for it to be hidden, kigoyi marigan v'kleiboker threshing tools or cattle gear that was normal to to cover, huda mesham that you pay for. Kalim ain't dark lahat megedish. But things that are not normal, such as like a wallet, loy meshalid that you don't pay for. It. We'll pick it up tomorrow. We'll uh, address this mahalys again. Shkara right. okay, kes. So.